0: Welcome to the Retail Insider Video Interview Series. I'm your host, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with a special guest. This is Aaron Spivak. He's the co-founder of Hush Blankets. Welcome, Aaron.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, tell us a bit about Hush Blankets and how it got started.
1: Yes, we started in 2018, January 2018, with the simple idea that we can create an innovation through iteration. We saw tremendous demand in weighted blankets. In fact, there was 300,000 searches a month. We bought every available option on the internet. It wasn't that many at the time. They were too small. They were impossible to wash. Uh, too warm. The beads would fall to one side. They would sound like a rain stick in your bed. And we said, well, a lot of people want this solution and the beautiful therapy and the deep sleep that a weighted blanket could provide, but what was available wasn't really there yet. So we went and we developed a hush blanket, which solved all those problems, and we quickly became one of the world's largest selling weighted blankets and quickly had the largest catalog in the world, weights from five pounds to 35 pounds. And obviously, since then, we've you know developed fabrics that keep you cold. We've launched pillows and sheets and mattresses and beds, uh, and really developed ourselves into a fully functional sleep company that provides aesthetics, but also functional bedding that is comfortable, cozy, soft, but also keeps you cool throughout the night.
0: Oh, wow. Now, in terms of getting started with this, what was your background before you uh, co-founded Hush?
1: So before Hush uh, and a little bit before that, I was I played hockey for 20 years as uh, a typical Canadian. And uh, while I was in the school, I launched a cold-pressed juice shop with my brothers and my mom. Um, this was early 2013, and we launched that uh, literally out of the our the basement of our house, Uh, It actually still exists until today, and it has uh, 11 locations in the cities. And my brothers and my mom run it; they do a fantastic job. And uh, but I got my first taste of like real. I was always entrepreneurial: lemonade stand, window cleaner kid. But it was like my first taste of really building something uh, before Hush.
0: Oh, amazing! We have got the hockey part uh, in common, but I think you went a little <laughs> further than I did. I uh, I stopped around university, so that was that was a long time ago. Because you, you got an award, um, a, a top thirty under thirty, I think it was.
1: Yeah, Forbes three hundred thirty. Yeah, uh, co-founder Leo and I were nominated. Uh, not nominated. We uh, we uh, we were chosen to under that category for marketing and e-commerce in twenty twenty one. Uh, which was a a big accomplishment. I mean, for us, it's something that as an entrepreneur that you know about because you see it every year, but you don't actually know like how to get it, and like, are they just gonna choose me? Like, does anyone even care? And uh, to be recognized uh, for something that you're working on by you know a third party establishment like Forbes, which is you know world renowned, was was awesome to be honest.
0: Amazing, amazing. And now uh, Hutch was on um, Dragons Den, I think it was.
1: Yeah, in 2019, we went on Dragon's Den in the 14th season of, of the show and had a, an incredible episode that did wonders for our business. And we were able to uh, show the world what we're made of. We were to showcase our give back program where we donate one in every 10 of anything that we sell, which is over a million dollars of products every single year to various charities throughout Toronto, Canada, and now even the US. So it's um, it was awesome to kind of... Put ourselves out there for the first time on Dragons Den, and we we're very fortunate that the episode went in a good way because we've all seen those crazy ones, and um, it was a good experience for sure.
0: Oh yeah! Now we did an article in Retail Insider about Hush, specifically around a pop-up retail location that you had at the uh, Yorkdale Shopping Center, which subsequently won an award. Can you tell us a little bit about that store and how uh, how things went?
1: Yeah, I mean that store. You know, one thing we've always wanted. Uh, was that we've got a half a million customers at the time. We had a half a million, Those a little more and we've never, every single person that ever purchased a hush, anything had to put their money up first before they can feel it. And of course they have a hundred night trial and a super easy return procedure, but like, still, you still have to buy a picture online and then hope that it delivers. And It was always something we wanted to do was to give people the opportunity to experience the product before buying it. And uh, what better place to do it than Yorkdale Mall? Something that is virtually impossible to get into, let alone as a brand that doesn't have any pre-existing stores and let alone in the busiest time of the year, which was November and December. So we had a lot of things uh, fall into place for that to happen. But the one thing we didn't have was the keys that early we only had 27 days to from the day we got the keys to launching our first ever store let alone a store in yorkdale mall and we were literally building and organizing the store up until hours before we uh, we opened it it was a very stressful day but it ended up being an incredible execution with tens of thousands of people that eventually visited us and uh, something we wish was a permanent thing by the end of it, but something that we want to continue to do as we develop the brand and give people opportunities to experience the products in different ways um, throughout our journey. Amazing. Amazing. What did the store include? Uh, I think it was a bit experiential. Uh, Yeah. So we had like, we we had multiple loungers that people were able to just experience the products within the store, whether it be the weighted blanket, whether it be like a pair of sheets or a pillow, we had mattresses where people can try out a layout on. And then we had this thing we called the blackout room, which is a room in the black in the back of the store that had all of our products on it. So it was mattress, it was bed frame, it was sheets, weighted blanket, pillows, an eye mask. And then we had a three-minute meditation that people would then put uh, on, like they would put headphones on their ears, blackout masks, it'd go into total zen but the meditation was something that we created that would also not only guide them through a meditation, but guide them through the products and ways to feel the differences. Because you might feel the sensation of the cooling mattress, the cooling sheets, the softness of the pillow molding to your head. You, must, you might also experience the benefits of a way to like it, which is deep touch pressure stimulation, the weight on your body. And how do I feel that? Like all in three minutes. And we had over 4,000 people try this uh experience which is way more than we thought we always we thought okay you know everyone's going to want to try it on day one and no one's ever going to want to try it again but i mean obviously there was a peak in day one but there was people every day that would come in and they would try it uh and it was really cool because one thing we wanted it was not just to sell we wanted to also have something for people that wanted to check us out like who are you guys i've never seen the brand before uh, we wanted an opportunity to interact with them beyond just trying to sell a product
0: and do you think that um, Blackout Room drove sales uh, at this uh, pop-up
1: location? Definitely. I think almost a uh, majority of people that would try that and actually finish the meditation, uh, so they they really bought into the idea of being still for three minutes, which is very difficult when you're walking around a mall and there's just so many things going on, um, would always leave with either something or a really high intent to purchase something. And because we're an online brand, there's a tremendous amount of people that would go home now. solidify their decision of what they want and then they would purchase it online and we would deliver it to their house for free.
0: Excellent, excellent. Let's talk about inventory in the store because we spoke, we were at the Retail Council Canada conference, that's where I met you in person and uh, you were saying that some stuff had sold out and that uh, you, you, you didn't expect it to sell out so quickly. Can you tell us a little bit about how, how sales were at this uh, Yorkdale pop? Yeah,
1: I mean the, the sales were, were fantastic and, um, you know, opening up our first store the inventory management in the store is way different than online. And, and you only have so much storage in the back and you don't quite know what you're going to sell. And some days you sell through so much of one SKU, and then you replenish that like crazy. The next day you sell through so much of the other, but, you know, we brought our micro grab. We bought two products actually to the store that we'd never sold anywhere else, which was our knitted blanket, which is available now everywhere, which is a quickly becoming our most popular uh, way to blanket. And, We had our microgravity duvet, which was our NASA technology that we infused into a duvet. So you can choose to be cold or hot by just flipping over your duvet. And this was a very uh, experiential product because you can literally put your hand on the top, hand on the bottom and feel the cold and feel the neutral. And it was like, wow. And we brought a couple hundred of them. It was not available anywhere else. We had no marketing to support it. We've never even spoke about this product. And it flew and it sold out in just a handful of days. And we were stuck because we did not expect anyone to buy something we'd never even heard of before. Um, but it was also cool to see the difference between online and, and in person is you can really have a unique shot of being experienced in person, even if it's not the exact same online. So many of us feel like whatever's online has to be in store. And whatever's in store has to be online. It has to be the same all the time. We were able to actually give people a unique experience and a unique offering in the store that definitely resonated with them. And now we sell it online, of course, and it's obviously an incredible product online, but it was all came from that initial, you know, unforeseen demand in store.
0: Interesting. Now, you, And you were saying that you're thinking of doing more of these uh, physical store pop-up activations. Uh, what would that future store experience be? Do you see any learnings or anything that you might want to do a little bit differently or add to, or, or tell me a bit about what you would envision for a future uh, pop-up?
1: Yeah, I think we, we definitely want to have uh, more time. <laughs> I think 28 days is like, and you, you have to factor in electrical and painting, like it's just not enough time. Uh, but if we were to have more time, be able to plan, I would love to have had an opportunity for, I mean, you visited the store, but, you know, I, I, more of an opportunity for flow. And for our store, it was very split, like front and back. So you either kind of hung out on the front and were interested in the accessories, or you hung out in the back and you're interested in the mattress and the experience. And it was done like that for a reason, because a lot of the Hush customers is an accessory-based customer, and um, they do, do obviously enjoy the mattresses, but it's not the forefront of the brand. Uh, so that's kind of the way we organized the store, because a lot of things were fixed. We had to work with what we, with what we had. But in a, in a perfect state, what we would love is to create a flow. And an experiential flow is, you know, you come in, typical people go right. So they, they just love to go right. And we would drive almost like a circle. You would come in and you would come out from the other side and we would set up our registers differently because we, we had iPad registers. It was very difficult for us to like have a des- designated checkout area. It was kind of like anywhere. So you could be like entering the store and it could be someone checking out like right in front of you. And then you could be halfway through your maze. It could be someone checking out halfway through And we really wanted an area where people can just, in the future, check out. We had our like embroidery station, which was fantastic. It was totally free. So anyone who bought a pillow and a pillowcase, they were able to embroider it It right in front of the store. So there were certain things that we just loved about it. But I think moving forward, we keep a lot of those things experiential, the blackout room, um, the embroidery station. But we would create a little bit of a flow where there was no one impeding in your way. It, there was you know, no sale happening in front of you. You were able to actually, even with someone or unassisted, walk through the store, experience everything Hush has to offer. And even if you leave without purchasing anything, you'll understand who we are, what we stand for, and what our products feel like.
0: Yeah, because that pop-up could drive sales in the future online. If a person goes in, they become educated yeah. on the uh, on what Hush is. and
1: uh, Yeah, right, definitely. Right.
0: Amazing. Now, Sleep Country had acquired, acquired – uh, was
1: it all of Hush uh, a while back or – it's it, it is all of Hush, but it's it's broken up into components. They acquired like just over half the business, and then they'll acquire the rest over uh, thirty six months.
0: Okay, okay, excellent. Yeah. Now, so with Sleep Country, they've got partnerships with uh, retailers like Walmart and Indigo. Is Hush going to become part of that as well? Is will it be profiled or, or carried in physical spaces like say Walmart, and Indigo, or other retailers, or even Sleep Country stores? Yes,
1: yeah, so, I mean Hush is in um, but. Twenty five hundred doors right now. Whether TJX, Marshalls, uh, Bloomingdale's, Macy's, Nordstrom in the U.S., um, wow. and then a handful of, of smaller chains all throughout. Um, so we 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 have the kind of our own distribution program, uh, not uh, within Sleep Country, but um, there's you know I always tell people there's nothing like having the resources uh, to 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 pull on when we need it. And, you know, Sleep Country is a, a 27, I think, 27-year-old business with close to 300 locations. And uh, for the most part, I mean, everyone in the country knows the jingle. I mean, they, they have such a strong brand and they've built such a, really a beautiful business um, over the course of a couple decades or almost three decades. So for us, a young, you know, up-and-coming, very disruptive uh, new brand in the space, we get to keep our mojo and do our own thing and, and go into stores that, that we see best fit. That makes sense for us. But in the back of our mind, we always get to pull on, on certain resources. If we need, if we need help with the distribution, if we need help with the packaging, like whatever we need uh, it's there for us, which is like a superpower. But um, in terms of when we're going into a sleep country store, I mean, I would hope so. I would I would love to be in, in the sleep country store. I mean, those types of decisions aren't up to us, but you know, for us it's always about building the brand, and finding experience, and really serving our customers. And I know a lot of people say that, but we actually go as far above and beyond to deliver for for the people that support us.
0: Now, a lot of brands um, are going direct to consumer, you know, some of them, uh, well, let's use, say, Nike as an example, uh, you know, you can get Nike shoes, perhaps in a DSW or, or you know, in a multi brand retailer, but now they're opening their own stores, and in some cases, pulling back on wholesale. Where do you see that moving with, uh, with, with Hush and just even generally in the industry?
1: I mean, I think... If you peel back the onion a little bit, it's all about margin. And, and uh, there's some brands that the wholesale margin is is just perfect and it makes sense. And that's the model that you want to run and scale that and serve your wholesale retailers. And a brand like Nike that has such a big brand dominance, um, they don't necessarily need third-party distribution. They can really house it all themselves. Or they can you know play in the world of, different collections for different areas of the business. You know, I went to a outlet store the other day that had Nike and they had a shoe for like 80 bucks. You know, maybe the Nike store is only selling 250 plus and it's always the newest and greatest and the brightest and, you know, the sexiest uh, shoe. So there's ways to develop different channels within the brands. I think it's always more difficult for a younger brand like us to do that, you know, and it's always important to build the foundation first. And there's a, you know, building our core product line building who we are and what we stand for to the point where eventually, yeah, it could be like a Nike and to be like, Hey, we have this collection that's maybe lower price and sells in these retailers and this collection that's maybe higher price and sells exclusively in our stores. Um, But I think there's many ways for brands to get creative. Um, But it's the key word is, brands it's where the brand is is it mature enough does it have enough of a pull and uh, what's the goal and for us the goal is to spread the brand as much as much as possible get into as many people's beds as we can uh, and distribution through wholesale channels as long along with growing our ddc channels is for us the best way to do that
0: Terrific, terrific. Now, not necessarily to do with Hush specifically, but um, you've revived a bit of a newsletter and a blog. Do you want to talk a bit about that? You've talked about being a leader. You've got all kinds of interesting stuff in there. I I subscribed.
1: That's awesome. Appreciate that. I mean, I've always, um, I've, I've, I've always used to send like internal letters, notes, like paragraphs to friends, colleagues, people just kind of updating. And, you know, I, I, started doing it and 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 I, I stopped i stopped doing it to to you know maybe a group of 10 or so people and one of them reached out to me and he's like you know i started looking forward to this message and you stop like what's going on and i'm like well, i don't know there's 10 of us like do i don't really need to do this like, i don't see if anyone sees value and um i started to take a different perspective and you know what we're up to uh might be a value might be interesting uh might be cool for anybody and uh for us it's it's about telling the story and sharing as much as possible it's almost like a diary in a sense it's an update on on what we're doing what i'm doing and uh i'm starting to like it and it's it's really cool and fun to to share the good bad and the ugly of what goes on uh, in our life i find so much of what we see online is curated it's like you know, if I go on LinkedIn, it's only the best news ever. And if I go here and if I go on Instagram, it's the prettiest picture that you have. And if I go on Twitter, it's like the most thought-provoking thing you can possibly say. And it's like, well, people want to know what's actually going on. We don't like we we hear this. And if you know you go on the news, it's always bad stuff. So like we, we know what we're getting. Let's let's peel back the idea. so I try to do that with my newsletter and I appreciate you subscribing and and um, it's a work in progress. I think it's just gonna eventually continue to evolve.
0: Great. We should put a link in the show notes for this as well. If anyone else wants <laughs> yeah. to subscribe to it. And, uh, and then one awesome. final, one final question I I'm, I was thinking of strapping on the skates again, just more recreationally. I'm a, about, I think 20 years older than you are. I mean, you know, may not look it, but, uh, you think I'm playing hockey again and uh, getting out there and doing that or, uh, or I, I,
1: I love to play pickup. Like, you know, I, I always tell people like there's nothing for me at least, the only thing in the world where I'm actually not only not on my phone, but not even thinking. like if I do yoga, I'm not on my phone, but I'm kind of thinking, you know, when I'm on the ice, um, I'm only thinking about, there's nothing can pull me away from just this game. And uh, I don't even think about phone. I think about nothing else. And it's like, when I put that helmet on. Like I'm gladiator you're going to war. And it's, um, it's, it's a feeling that as a only hockey players would really know but it's it's something that that's why I continue to play pickup and as I try to get out there as much as possible cuz it's a it's a feeling that you just can't replace.
0: Amazing amazing I totally get it it puts you it puts you in the moment right it uh, it's, it puts you in a zone you, you can't really think of anything else you might get hit by a puck no. or a person. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really informative. I love talking to entrepreneurs, people who've you know won awards for their stores. So thank you for joining us. This is uh, Eric Spivak, a of, of co-founder of Hush Blankets. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the founder and publisher of Retail Insider, as well as CEO of Retail Insider Media Limited, which includes Retail Insider, the magazine. Thank you so much, everyone, today for either watching this on our YouTube channel or listening to it on our podcast channel. Be sure to subscribe. Take care and bye for now.